Daniel, another episode. But you know what? Listen, we got to get this episode done real quick because I got to get my popcorn ready. I got to set up the TV. I got to kick my feet up and watch LeBron break the scoring record tonight. Tonight. (laughs) Okay, so we got to get through this episode quick. We got a lot to talk about. First things first, I got to ask you a question. Is LeBron the GOAT? You know, I've been asking myself this question a lot, too. And I, I always had Jordan ahead of him, but, like, breaking a scoring record is not easy. It's not easy for, for NBA Finals, four-time MVP. It's hard to deny. I think he's the greatest player to ever play, but I, th- I like Jordan still might go, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think, like, when in terms of, like, all time like LeBron is that guy Jordan was better just in his prime but the longevity wasn't there you know what I mean and that's my argument with it we'll never see a, pra- a player like LeBron again it's that simple we'll never see a player like LeBron again I don't even know why we're talking about this this is supposed to be a U sports basketball show but the fact of the matter is, is if you're watching new sports basketball you give a damn about the NBA okay and if you're watching new sports basketball and you're not watching the NBA well good on you but most likely you give a damn about the NBA but in my opinion I think the reality is this. Jordan will always be my GOAT. I kind of split it up. I have LeBron as the greatest athlete in NBA history, and I have Michael Jordan as the greatest player in NBA history. I think what goes into LeBron's greatest is just his sheer athleticism, his size, his speed. At 38 years old, doing what he's doing now, it's all about athleticism. That's what makes us so in awe of his game at 38 years old, how athletic he still is. I got Jordan as the greatest player of all time. I got LeBron as the greatest athlete of all time. My name is Deshaun Stevens. It's your boy, Daniel Noel, man. And welcome to the Ballin' Up podcast, the show where we talk about university basketball up here in Canada. Daniel, it was a mod weekend. Crazy weekend. Crazy. <laughs> crazy weekend. Oh, my gosh. Listen, there was so much craziness going on this weekend, and it's, it's, it's beautiful because the season's closing out. Playoffs are coming. A lot of teams are fighting for seeding. And the competitiveness has just reached an all-time high. This is when you want to see the most competitive basketball. For some of these teams, this is going to be the last couple of weeks they're on the court. They're fighting for their playoff bursts. And I think it was, it, was, it, was, it was an entertaining weekend. Hit me with two things that you found crazy from this past weekend. Two things that shocked you, opened your eyes, caught your attention. Hit me with it. Yeah, I think Regina losing to Calgary was a shock. It was surprising, but Calgary is still a good team on the women's side. And then on the men's side, like UVic lost, you know what I mean? Although they did win by 20, like the night before the, the, the second game, but it was still just crazy seeing the, you know, two number one teams in the country go down and lose. Um, a little bias this year. I feel like that Brock UFT game was a great game, came down to the wire. Um, Brock with the go ahead layup with four seconds left UFT coming back in the fourth. It was just a great game. The atmosphere there at Brock was good. You kind of just have to be there to understand it. For me, to be honest, I think the biggest thing that shocked me this past weekend was seeing Queens men's get beat down two times in a row. They, they lost their first game to Guelph. Uh, Guelph won that one 94 to 84 and they were shooting good from three and uh, Queens didn't look like the Queens that we've come to know and love. Uh, it they look like a sheer shell of themselves from what they were a month ago. It's it's, it's unbelievable, and uh, I think we always talk about this. It's hard to go undefeated. They've lost a couple games already, but you know sometimes the saying is any given Friday or any given Saturday, 
any team can win, you know? So I saw this game and I said, okay, you know, you lose one to Guelph. It is what it is, but you know, you got a much bigger task ahead of you the next day. And that was Ottawa. And I thought they were going to come with some fight, but then Ottawa whooped them by 30 points and Ottawa took that game 82 to 52. That's when I said to myself, Oh my gosh, this Queens team is trending in the wrong direction at the wrong time because playoffs are right around the corner. And this team looks nowhere like an OUA contender right now. So I think I was shocked seeing Queens lose back-to-back games. One, to see them lose back-to-back games, but two, to see the progression. You lose by 10. Okay, that's one thing. But then to get, to get blown out by 30, that's another thing. I didn't expect that. Uh, this is a team that has, we have much higher expectations for this team. I think a lot of people have much higher expectations for this team. This is a team that many people have been lobbying for all season to be crowned as the number one team in the country, but that was not number one ranked basketball that we saw from the Queens Gales this weekend. So I was shocked to see that. The second thing that shocked me was, and you touched on this, to see the number one ranked at the time, number one ranked Victoria Vikes lose to UBC Okanagan. That shook me. And the reason why that shook me is because entering this game, the Victoria Vikes were 15 and two and entering this game, UBC Okanagan was five and 14. You're telling me number one team in the country and you're going to let a five and 14 team come in here and beat you. Are you kidding me? That's unacceptable. I'm, I was shocked. Diego Mafia didn't drop 50 on these, on these kids. Big shocker uh, to see UBC Okanagan defeat the Victoria Vikes. Sometimes we see these upset wins, and sometimes it's a team that's, you know, around the 500 range, coming up with an upset win over a number one team or a number two team, whatever it might be. But you got a team that's, that's way below 500 coming in and being the number one team in the nation, that's unacceptable. So those are the two things that shocked me this past weekend. But I have again, to touch on that Queens topic, though, talk because to me, to one me. thing about it, Lucas Silas did not play in any of those games that they lost. He's been dealing with an injury, so he's been out. So I can understand that, like like you said, they're trending in the wrong direction. It does suck because Lucas Silas is out. You're, you know, him and Cole Silas are that, that dynamic duo. You know what I mean? Connor Kelly has been stepping up, but I wouldn't put him on the Luca and Cole Silas level yet. But however, though, it is it is unfortunate that, you know, you lose your one of your top players and you're losing games as well. It's just tough to see right now for a Queens, if you're a Queens fan. I hear that. But like you said, they got Kelly. They got Bet. They got Cole. They got pieces, right? Bet dropped 35 the other night on, on Carlton. Cole's still been doing this thing all season. Kelly's been doing this thing all season. They got pieces. You lose a game, I get it. You lose a game to Guelph, I get it. But to lose by 30 to Ottawa, a team that we expect you to be able to bang with, that's different. But you know what? Again, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. You're right. Um, Lucas Sills is a huge part of that team, right? I think they've built around him and Cole. They've done a great job building around those two. Those two are like ingrained in the bedrock of that, of that program right now. So I think you lose one of your top two guys, might throw you off a little bit. But we'll see if they can regroup for the playoffs. Daniel, let's switch things over, introduce a new topic. Regular seasons are coming to an end, which means regular season awards will be determined soon. And of course, one of the big regular season awards that a lot of people look to are the player of the year awards. I like to call them MVPs. I don't like the term player of the year. Do you like, what, what do you like? You like MVP or player of the year? I like MVP. It's the most valuable player. You know what I mean? Exactly. He's most valuable to the team. Exactly. Player of the year, it could be kind of misleading. 
the acronym or the abbreviation for player of the year is P-O-T-Y, potty. That's a little bit whack. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit whack. Okay, so uh, we'll call it MVP. MVP predictions. Talk to me. Who is your men's pick for AUS MVP right now? Elijah Miller from University of Prince Edward Island, all right? This guy is averaging 19 points per game, six assists per game, five rebounds per game. They have a 12-4 and four record on the year. They're second in the AUS, and they've also beat St. FX not once, but twice. St. FX, they have three L's on the season. Two of those came from this UPEI team here. You guys can keep sleeping on them, whatever. I know David Muenka is a big name, household name, but this year is different for him in the AUS. He has a team to support him. He has a supporting cast. He has others around him who are making the team better. Elijah Miller doesn't really have that same situation. It's really just him. And without him, I don't think that UPEI stands a chance in the AUS. That's all I'm saying. Elijah Miller, my AUS men's MVP. No, I agree with you on that. I want to switch over to the women's. I want this one first. I want this one first. And I think you know where I'm going to go with this one. This woman is averaging 21.6 points per game. That is fifth in U Sports. This young woman is averaging 16.2 rebounds per game. That is first in U Sports. This young woman is shooting 56.7% from the field. That is fourth in the nation. So she is a top five scorer and her field goal percentage is fourth in the nation. She's a walking double-double. I think she's the most pro-ready player in youth sports women's basketball right now. Probably, in my opinion, the best all-round basketball player right now. If she's not number one, she's number two. And it's a close number two. I'm giving it to Kiara Letlow from Cape Breton right now. She is my pick to be AUS Women's Basketball MVP this year. Talk to me. There's no disagreement with the talent that Kiara Letlow has. I think now if this was a Player of the Year award, Kiara Letlow, but most valuable player, I got to give it to Haley McDonald of Acadia. Listen, Kate Breton is 7-9. and nine. They're on a three-game losing streak right now, right now. Obviously, Kiara Letlow is the most important person to her team right now i agree but to not even have them at a 500 record in the aus come on now they're not at 500 they're on a three-game losing streak right now Haley mcdonald 22 points per game five rebounds five assists per game 13 and three record on the year they sit number one in the aus standing and acadia not one week has not been on the top 10 for this rank for the rankings stop right Every week no. we've been there stop right there stop right there no 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 hold on Kate Breton has seven wins. Without Kiara Letlow, how many wins do they have? Probably zero. Zero. She is the most valuable player in that conference right now because without her, they have zero wins. Okay, if she doesn't drop a double-double, I'm talking like a 20-point, 20-rebound double-double, they are not even anywhere close to winning the game. They, they, don't, they don't even have a chance. She used to drop... 20 and 20 just for them to have a chance not for them to win the game for them to win the game she got to drop 40 and 20 the numbers that she is putting up right now i'm talking 40 point games 25 and 20 20 and 18 the numbers are crazy she's doing this with no help 
she's doing this with no help. And I think you and I have said this before. We would love to see her transfer one day to another program. Maybe when she does her master's or something. Be on a team that could maybe build around her for a year or two. Give her some pieces and make her run a national championship. But I'm telling you, this is a game changer. Kiara Letlow is a game changer. And we can't hold her record against what she's doing because what she's doing right now is too great. It's too great. I'm looking at this. I'm not going to say she's Russell Westbrook, but I'm thinking back to Russell Westbrook when he won MVP in 2017. His team was trash. His team barely made the playoffs, but he averaged a triple-double that season, and it hadn't been seen for almost 40 years. And so we couldn't hold his team's success or lack of success against him because what he was doing was too great. I'm looking at Kiara Letlow and what she's doing right now, top five in the nation in, in, in points, and she's leading the nation in rebounds per game. So she's top five in, in scoring, and she's leading another category. She's a walking double-double. We can't hold that against her. I'm giving it to Kiara Letlow. I'm giving it to her. We got to give it to her. There, there's, yeah, like what you said, was all facts. There was nothing you said that was wrong, and there's no buts. I just believe that team success, as you just said, has to play somewhat of a role in this. And if all Canadian, whatever, whatever, but they're not even 500, I have to ask myself, now, Haley McDonald's has her team there. She's not, say, she's not getting carried. She's still averaging 22 points per game. She's not rebounding like Kiara Letlow because she's a guard. But they're 13-3 and three on the year, and they've always been in the top 10. Always. For the whole entire season. That's my thoughts. You're not wrong, though. You are not wrong. She deserves it. I think she will be an all-Canadian. And could, honestly, could win player of the year for you sports. But if we're talking MVP here, I got to give it to Haley McDonald. Based on that, she's still putting up numbers. They've been in the top 10, and the record has proven that she can hoop. Okay. Okay. We're going to see. And that's why we have to start with the AUS. The AUS was hard. We, we have to start see. with the AUS. We're going to see. Okay. I think we should move geographically now. All right. Let's move over to the OUA. Let's start on the women's side. On the women's side, who you got as MVP? Oh, man, I got to give it to Julia Chadwick of Queens. They're 17-1 and one on the season. They have the best record in the country, regardless of what the top 10 rankings say. They have the best record in the country. 17 points and 12 rebounds on the season. That's the only person that I have on my list of all the MVPs that I have. That's the only person on my list averaging a double-double. I've got to give it to Julia Chadwick. I'm going Sarah Gates. I'm going Sarah Gates, and I know you're nodding your head because I think that's a, that's a very fair, fair person to go with. She's averaging 26.1 points per game. She's leading the nation in scoring right now. And I think, in my opinion, right now, U Sports Women's Basketball, she's the best scorer in the country. Like, the best scorer in the country. When the ball is in her hands, when she's on the floor, you know the ball's going to be in her hands. And when the ball's in her hands, you can't stop her. There is no defense right now that can stop Sarah Gates. I'm looking at some of these games and I'm seeing four people guarding her. Four people guarding her. Teams are selling. They're selling out. They're leaving four other people open just to try and guard Sarah Gates. Anytime you have that type of effect on a game, you're dangerous. You're dangerous. And Mac is on a nine-game winning streak and they started the season three and three. And I remember talking with you on this podcast back in November and saying they're in a hole right now. It's not looking good. But we said that we believe 
they'll find a way to dig themselves out because they have Sarah Gates. And that is exactly what they've done. And to see this team start from three and three, find some rhythm, find some groove, catch fire early December and go on a tear, go on a nine game win streak, find themselves into the top 10 last week at number 10, and now find themselves back into the top 10 this week at a higher ranking to see the rise of this team all season has been simply spectacular. And it's been Sarah Gates leading the way. And we got to give a shout out to Sarah Gates because she just became McMaster women's basketball all-time leading scorer. We got to give shout outs to her for that. Um, but I think, I think right now she's the best pure scorer in the nation in U sports women's basketball. I think, uh, you know, she's not averaging a double-double, but she's doing her thing. She's tearing defenses apart and she's going to a line and she's, she's making people foul out. She's doing her thing. She, she reminds me a lot of what James Harden was doing back in his prime, making people jump, drawing fouls, killing you from three, all that stuff. Sarah Gates can do it. I got Sarah Gates as the MVP. But, but Chadwick, though, is a very solid pick. So I ain't even going to dispute that. I think Chadwick's a very solid pick. And I, and I, I can't dispute Sarah Gates, what she's doing right now. And, I, and we said it. You and I said it. We're like, okay, they're three and three right now. If they get better, then we can give it to her. And we did say that. I said it. I'll admit that. But in that time span, Queens has only lost one game. They've still been doing their thing. They're still 17-1. They have the best record in the country. And Julia Chadwick has just been consistency. You know what I mean? It's just been consistent. It's been consistent. Sarah Gates will give you 47 one night, and it might go for 13, as we've seen in that first game against Brock. You never really know what might happen. But Julia Chadwick is just that level of consistency, and they're winning. On top of that, that's why I went with Julia Chadwick, but I'm not taking anything away from Sarah Gates and the McMaster Marauders. I'm noticing a theme here. You're targeting the best players on the best teams. So I'm noticing that team success. Is UPEI the best team in the AUS? No, they're not. They're not the best. Okay. But I think we both agree they're one of the best. And they have a very, a very good chance of winning that conference. Like if the finals end up being St. Effects versus UPEI, I think the stats favor UPEI based on what we've seen in the past. I, I see. I see what you're they doing in the series. I see what you're I doing here, though. Sarah Gates, Julia Chadwick, though. Shouts to both of them. Let's move into the men's side. You start. Who do you have as the men's OUA MVP? I need to hear this. I can't wait to. Hear I know that. Valentine's Day is coming, but I'm not showing anyone in the OUA love, bro. I don't have any OUA men's like winning the MVP right now. I don't see anyone that I could be like. You know what? This person does it. There's there's many other names. There's Thomas Kennedy, there's Aiden Warnhold. But I, I'm doing my research, and I don't see anyone that I can be like, you know what? You deserve MVP here. I'm going to give it to you. I don't see anyone. I see Thomas Kennedy. I see um, Kalen Baker from UFT. I see Lucas Silas. I see Guillaume Pepin. I see Aiden Warnhold. I do not know who. I see Michael Okafor. He's doing his thing there for Lakehead. I do not know who to give it to right now. I'm going to be – I'm looking forward to see who is going to win the OEA MVP because I can't come up with it myself. I want to know your opinion on who you have. They're going to give it to Thomas Kennedy. They're going to give it to Thomas Kennedy. First off, let me just say this. Absolutely unacceptable that you came on this show with no choice for OUA men's basketball MVP. That's absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> unacceptable. I had no one. I, I could, there was no clear-cut favor. Every other player I was looking at, I was like, okay, I could see why. I can make a strong argument. 
but everyone is like seems like they're like have like three L's on the season in the OUA. We don't really know who's the favorite. The points haven't been crazy as like Sarah Gates is where she's like, oh, she's the best scorer in the country. I don't know who the best scorer on the men's side in the OUA is. We don't know that. There's a lot of good options, but we don't know. And there's just a, a lot of uncertainty, and that's why I didn't pick anyone. That's the only reason why. I agree with you. No, I agree with you. I definitely see where you're coming from because I think this was the hardest for me to choose everyone's balling out. I think you have a lot of teams right now who are the same level. There's no team that's rising above the rest. This also does fall in line with my theory that you go for the best player on the best teams because right now on the OUA, there's a bunch of teams right now that are the same level. There's no one team above the rest. So you had trouble choosing. That's why you had trouble choosing because there was no solid, clear-cut number one. But... I could pick Thomas Candy. I'm going to go with I Thomas Candy. Him there. You his know, top- and his, his stats back it up. Yeah. His record is there. They're beating good teams. Aiden Warnold's now... He's been pooping the last few games now, and they have they have a decent record. They're not the best record, but we just I I don't know. I'm uncertain with it. Thomas Candy is a great choice. I respect that choice that you picked, and I understand why. I'm going Thomas Candy. 19.4 points per game. Okay, 13.1 rebounds per game. First in the nation. Uh, they they have a 13 and five record right now. They could be a top 10 team. There are a bunch of teams in the top 10 that have a 13 and five record. They're just not in for whatever reason. It is what it is. But this is a team that's taking care of business. They're doing their thing. And I think you look at Thomas Candy, right now, a lot of people are looking at him as the face of U Sports men's basketball. Uh, he's been that person that's been kind of carrying the U Sports basketball banner and bring it into the professional scene with what he's done in the CEBL and bring it onto the international scene with what he's done with Global Jam and even um, playing on Team Canada alongside Delano Banta and all them cats. Thomas Caddy's been the flag bearer for U Sports men's basketball. So I think if they're in a situation where they have a bunch of people balling out and one of those people seems to be Thomas Kennedy, you're going to give it to the man who's waving the flag uh, for this culture, all right, for this sport. So I, I see him getting it. I think it's going to be a good story for the CEBL and whichever team drafts him this upcoming draft. I think it's going to be a good story for Team Canada when they pick him up in the summer for Global Jam. I can see the headlines right now. 2022-23 OUA MVP Thomas Candy joins Team Canada for Global Jam. Or this upcoming season in the CEBL, Scarborough shooting stars with the first overall pick. Select 2022-2023 OUA MVP Thomas Candy in the CEBL draft. I see it right now. Uh, so for storyline purposes, I think they're going to give it to Thomas Candy. Also, I think it's just a little bit overdue. I think he's been balling for a couple of years now. I think he's been that in that OUA MVP conversation. And I think you got to give it to him. I see it being Thomas Candy this year, but mainly for storyline purposes, because he's getting his job done on the court. He's doing what he needs to do to be in conversation. And once he's in conversation, you let the storylines decide the rest. So I'm giving it to Thomas Candy. Let's move over now to the last conference. Last conference. Now we're moving over to the Canada West Conference. I'm going to start with this one. We're going to go men's first. The 2022-2023 Canada West men's basketball MVP, in my opinion, will be Diego Mafia from the Victoria Bikes, averaging 23.6 points per game, first in U Sports. So he is the top scorer right now in the nation. He's shooting 47.7% from the field. He's literally almost shooting 50% from the field right now. To be the number one scorer and to be shooting 50% from the field, that's amazing. That means that like you're putting up shots and you're not just putting up shots for the sake of putting shots. You're making shots. 
So I think that's amazing. And I think on top of that, this young man has scored 20 or more points in 15 games this season. That is crazy. I think that is the, the longest streak of anyone right now in the country. So no one has more 20 or more point games right now than Diego Mafia. I think this man right now on the men's side is the best pure scorer in the nation. We talk about Sarah Gates on the women's side. On the men's side, it's Diego Mafia. Um, no one could stop him. When the ball is in his hands, it's Diego Mafia's world. He's deadly from three. He's deadly from the field. Um, he makes his teammates look good. And on top of that, the Victoria Vikes, I'm going to take a page out of your book, have been the number one team in the nation for a couple weeks this year. All right. They were the first team to dethrone the Carlton Ravens from that number one spot. And they were the first team to do so uh, in over 40 weeks. For over 40 weeks, the Carlton Ravens were the number one team in the nation until the, Victor- the Victoria Vikes came along. So I'm giving it to Diego Mafia. This is a big season for you, Vic. They're going to be making a run in the national championship. And I think he has a chance to bring that team a national championship for the first time in a long time. I'm giving it to Diego Mafia. Give me your pick on the men's side. Man, you hit it on the nose there with Mafia. I think this was one that I think you and I is the only one that it was the same pick. Like Diego Mafia was my pick. Like you said, 24 points per game, basically on 47% shooting. Like that's really like impressive. I think people like need to pay more attention to that. It's the efficiency. When you have someone averaging 24 points per game and then 47 clip from the field, like that's really unheard of. Like even in the NBA, you don't really hear that. Um, I don't see any other candidate that would have this award. You know, there's Anthony Sega Kelly over there, but their record isn't the greatest. I thought Mason Boussier and James Woods were my front runners in the beginning of the season. You know, I thought this was the year that Trinity Western and Mason Boussier might come up and, you know, win the win MVP. And I thought James Wood too, because I actually he was averaging 27 points per game. So, and that's went down. So with this year, it's, it's kind of unanimous. I think it's a unanimous decision. Diego Mafia winning the 2023 um, Canada West Player of the Year, for sure. And to add to that now, I think Diego Mafia is going to be the U Sports Player of the Year. I think it's going to be him. I don't see anyone else near this guy, not only in the Canada West Conference, but in the country, just in general. I think it's going to be him. Unless there's someone in the RSCQ that we don't know about that's balling like crazy, averaging 50, and U Sports isn't talking about it. So Diego Mafia, in my opinion, I think that's the pick we got for U Sports Player of the Year. But let's move over now to the women's side. I feel like we're going to disagree on this one. I feel like we're going to disagree on this one. If you asked me two weeks ago, we would have had a different opinion. But I think we're on the same page. I think I'm feeling some connection right here today, Deshaun, all right? But I have an honorable mention first before I say my Women's Canada West Player of the Year. That's cool with you? Do your thing. All right. Carly Allstrom, USAS Huskies, all right? She's averaging 20 points per game, eight rebounds per game. They have a 16-2 and two record on the year, and they're also the newly ranked number one team in the nation. You know I'm a SAS guy. I'm rooting for SAS because I've seen them creeping up the rankings. They fell off. They came back. But they're there now. That's good for her. But you got to give it to Kiana Giles. She's averaging 22 points per game, eight rebounds per game, six assists per game. And her team is also in the top 10. They're 14 and four. And my apologies. They're not 14 and four. They are 14. Yeah, they're 14 and four, just like the men's team. My apologies. Uh, they're the same record as the men's team. But I don't think there's a better player right there right now in the Canada West than her. I don't think so. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
You talk about Carly Allstrom from, from Saskatchewan. You talk about Keon uh, Giles from Winnipeg. No Jade Belmore? No Jade Belmore? <laughs> she's in the discussion. I think she's definitely in the discussion. But they've lost to some, like, questionable teams sometimes. I'm just like, uh, I don't even okay. know how I feel about that. Okay, you know? hold on. And then that's not, and that's not a player thing. But Carly Allstrom, I think she's having a better season than Jade Belmore. Canada Giles is doing better individually, statistically-wise, than Jade Belmore, in my opinion. Jade Belmore is in the MVP conversation, and she could very well win the MVP. This is just my prediction of what I think and who I think should win. But I'm sticking with the homegirl Kiana Giles here, man. Okay. Jade Belmore is in the conversation because I am putting her in the conversation because she is my pick to win Canada West MVP this year. She is essentially, similarly to Kiara Letlow, she is essentially a walking double-double, okay? She's averaging... 19.2 points per game. She's averaging 9.9 rebounds per game. She's essentially averaging 10 rebounds per game. Okay. And, and she might, she might, remember when I said, remember when I said Kiara Letlow might be the best all round player in U sports women's Mm -hmm. basketball. And remember Mm -hmm. when I said, if she's not number one, she's number two. Do you know who number one is? Belmore. Jade Belmore. This is a woman who could drop a triple-double on any given night. The rare triple-doubles that we see in youth sports women's basketball, some of them belong to Jade Belmore. This is a young woman who can give you a triple-double, a 20-point triple-double on one night, and then give you a 32-point double-double on another night. She can shoot the ball. She can work in the paint. She can come down with rebounds and create opportunities, second-chance opportunities for her offense, and she could dish out the ball. She could also work on the defensive end and force steals, force blocks, do what she needs to do. She could guard on the perimeter, guard inside the paint because of her height and size. She might be the best all-round player in U sports women's basketball. Similarly to Kiara Lello, very similar build. Jade Belmore might be one of the most pro-ready players in the country. I'm putting Jade Belmore in the conversation. I know you're giving it to Giles. I know you're giving it to Giles. You're on the Giles hype train. A lot of people are. And understandably so, because she's been balling, putting up some 46 pieces, doing her thing. All right. But I got to give it to Jade Belmore. The Regina Cougars also held down the number one spot for a long time, a long time. They've dropped a lot this week, but uh, we can't, we can't forget about what Jade Belmore has done for that program and what she's been doing with that program and just the excellence that they've showcased this season. I know they've had a couple of suspect losses. I know, but Jay Belmore, um, uh, to be honest, I think her best is yet to come. And I think that's the scary part. I'm looking at what she's doing right now. She's young. She has a couple more years ahead of her. She, her best might be yet to come. So I'm putting Jay Belmore as my prediction for uh, 2022 Canada West Women's Basketball MVP. I agree with you, man. Jay Belmore, she's a hooper and she's a great player. But like, I just look at Giles, like she scored 46 two weeks ago, 43 back in December, 33 here. And like she kind of is almost on that elite level of scoring as you and I talk about Sarah Gates. And there was a game where she had nine steals in one game. So she's up there on the defensive end as well. But 
like I said, this year in youth sports, we don't know who the favorite is to win the championship. We don't know. We don't even know who the MVPs are because you and I are both not seeing eye to eye on that. And I think that just proves that the level of talent of basketball in youth sports has elevated to the point where you don't know who's going to win the MVP for each conference. Also, I want to give a shout out to Thompson Rivers women's basketball team who won a game this past weekend after losing Lord knows how many games by 50 or more points. So shout outs to them because they're fighting. And I think it's hard playing on a team with a losing record, getting blown out by big, like by big margins. It's hard to pick yourself up and want to come out and win a game. So shout out to that team for fighting the good fight. And their last couple of games, their last couple of losses have been very close. So shout out to Thompson Rivers. Okay, Daniel, last topic for today. You know what it is. It's the top 10. Let's start on the women's side, okay? First off, I just want to highlight both men's and women's top 10 rankings this week experienced major changes, like major changes. But we're about to get into it right now on the women's side. Here we go. The new number one team in the nation, the Saskatchewan Huskies with a 16-2 and record. Carlton in at number two with a 16-2 and record. Queens in at number three with a 17-1 and record. Winnipeg in at number four with a 14-4 and record. Regina in at number five with a 15 and three record. Acadia in at number six with a 12 and three record. Bishops in at number seven with a 10 and two record. McMaster in at number eight with a 14 and four record. UFV is back at number nine with a 13 and five record. And the Ottawa GGs, my goodness, they keep falling. They're on the verge. Remember, three weeks ago, they were the number one team in the nation. And now they are the number 10 team in the nation, which is still a great accomplishment, but they are on the verge of being kicked out of the top 10. They have a 15 and four record. Daniel, what are your thoughts? Man, I was defending Ottawa so hard last week. I was like, yo, they can definitely bounce back. But um, I also heard that Bridget Leftcold, uh, OUA East MVP from last year, did not play this weekend. So that could be a reason as to why they're losing games. But nonetheless, shout out to Saskatchewan Huskies, man. They were off the list at one point. And like I said before, a 14-game winning streak. They haven't lost since the New Year started. They're by far the hottest team in the country. Right number, right there at number two, Carlton Ravens. They're there. They're there at 16-2. and two. Now, I understand why you do put them over at Queens because they did beat Queens in the head-to-head matchup. That OUA playoff in the East is going to be very interesting. Winnipeg Westman, 14-4, Canada Giles. Regina Cougars now are now under the Winnipeg Westman. I have to ask a question. What are your, what are your thoughts on that, by the way? Re- Regina dropping. Listen, it is what it is, right? I think when you look at some of Regina's losses, we talk about it. They've come against some pretty suspect teams, right? And it's not a good look. It's just not a good look for Regina. So when you lose games, to suspect teams, this is what happens. When you lose games to teams that are not on your par, this is what happens. Now, again, let me remind everybody, they lost to, at the time, a 10-win Calgary team. That's nothing to be ashamed of. But, you know, I can see, uh, I, I think I've noticed the pattern of on the U Sports top 10, when you're the number one team and you lose to a team or when you lose in general, you drop at least four spots. That's that's what I've noticed. So I'm not surprised to see Regina drop this far down. 
looking at it, and I was looking at a team, and I was like, this list looks different. I know Fraser Valley was back in there, and I went back to look. Alberta was taken off the list. I believe it was the Pandas, right? <laughs> they were taken off the list. Alberta is third in the Canada West, based on record, okay? They are 13 and 5. Two of those five L's came this past weekend against the newly ranked number one Saskatchewan Huskies. I don't think it was fair to take Alberta off because I still think they are a top 10 team in the country. And they were there. They've been on the rankings almost every single week. But after, like, now mind you, Sass did beat the brakes off them in that one game. But to take them off the top 10 when they're still top three in, our, in I think, the best women's conference in Canada, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little crazy and a little far-fetched. So to your point about the Alberta program, because we don't know what their real name is, to be honest with you. I think it is a little bit drastic to take them off. I think they were in at number seven last week or number six. And you boot them off completely. You don't even drop them down the list like number 10 or something. You just boot them off completely. I think that was a little bit drastic. But it gets a little bit weird because then you have a team like Bishops who was on the verge of getting kicked out, took care of business this past weekend. So then who do you really kick out? Because you have a team like UFV that's knocking on the door that deserves to be a top 10 team. Who do you really take out? It's one of those where the timing, I see that Bishops took care of business this past weekend. I see that the Alberta program dropped two straight games. And I see that UFV took care of business this weekend and they've been knocking and they deserve to be a top 10 team. So I see why Alberta was a team to be pulled out. Again, still a drastic decision, but I see why. If there wasn't a team like UFV that was knocking on the door to get into the top 10, then I think you would have just seen that Alberta team maybe fall down to number 10 or down to number nine, something like that. Uh, but aside from that, I'm really happy to see UFV on this list because I think they are a true top 10 team. I think they are a team that could win the Canada West Conference. I think they're a team that can go toe-to-toe with any team in the Canada West Conference or any team in the country. And I think when you have a top 10 list that does not include UFV, it has you raising eyebrows. So to be honest with you, if I had to choose between not having UFV and not having the Alberta program, I would go with not having the Alberta program because UFV, we all know, is a true top 10 team. Uh, let's move over to the men's list, all right, because the men's list experienced a lot of change as well. And at number one, we have the Carlton Ravens back at number one. Number two, we have the Victoria Vikes with a 15-3 and three record. Number three, Ottawa Gigi's 15-4 and four record. Number four, your Brock Badgers with a 15-3 and three record. Number five, the Alberta Golden Bears with a 13-5 and five record. Number six, the St. FX X-Men with a 14-3 and three record. Number seven, the Queens Gales with a 14-4 and four record. Number eight, the UBC Thunderbirds with a 13-5 and five record. Number nine, the Manitoba Bisons with a 16-2 and two record. And number 10, the Winnipeg Westman with a 14-4 and four record. What are your thoughts? I'm going to be straight to the point here, man. Like, I don't think Carlton should be number one on this list. I get they've been quote-unquote hot lately. People said they've been hot lately. They're only on a two-game winning streak. That hot topic of them being, like, the best team right now, no, it's garbage. It's just recency bias because they had two good games. They had a game against Queens that was a, you know, a big game, and he had the Battle of the Classic in the Capitol. So those are two hyped games, and, and they did win that game, but – there's currently four teams in the OUA with a better record than them right now. Four teams in the OUA with a better record than the Carlton Ravens. And the Carlton Ravens are ranked number one in the country right now. It draws a lot of question. Like I said, I made my case for Lakehead last week. I'm not going to make it again. 
Everything else I'm, I'm pretty fine with. I just don't think Carlton should be number one. Vic, you, Vic, hasn't done anything to lose that number one spot, but yet they get, keep getting pushed back every time Carlton kind of bounces back with a win. I don't get it. I'm not a fan of that. Manitoba and Winnipeg, that was a big matchup that we were looking forward to last weekend. As I kind of predicted, they split the series and they sit there at 9 and 10. I like that. I'm a big fan of that because I feel like you couldn't put one over the other because of they split the season series. But Manitoba does have the better record, so we give them the benefit of the doubt. They sit there at number 9, 16 and 2. Other than that, I have no problems. Remember I told you, you asked, you said, what if they split the series? I said, if they split the series, there's no reason to move Winnipeg up, but it gives you reason to move Manitoba down. Now, me personally, I'll say kick Manitoba off the list, to be honest with you. I'll go drastically to that to that leg, <laughs> to be honest with you. But if you want to keep that number nine, fine. Uh, I think when I look at Queens, my thoughts are on Queens. When I look at Queens, I think they've fallen off a lot. And it's it, it's a little bit suspect just because, again, I think there have been teams who have had rougher patches than Queens has had over the last two games. I'm looking specifically at the Carlton Ravens. I look at Queens and, you know, yes, they lost to an unranked 12 team. Yes, they got blown out by 30 to Ottawa. But it was to Ottawa. It was to a top three team in the country. Okay. And on top of that, I think you, you kind of clear things up when you said Lucas Sills wasn't playing. I think that that does go a long way. But I don't think that justifies dropping them all the way down to number seven. I think it's a very drastic fall. In my opinion, this is still a team that's capable of winning the OUA when healthy. In my opinion, this is still a team that's capable of beating Carlton or Ottawa on any given day and Brock on any given day when healthy. In my opinion, this is a team that is not, that should not be ranked below St. FX or uh, the Alberta program, all right? <laughs> no, I think it was a. I think it's a bit of drastic decision making to to drop Queens that far down. Aside from that, everything looks fine to me. Again, I think that one team that I'm really looking at that that people should pay more attention to is Brock. Like people should pay more attention to Brock. And what Brock reminds me of, Brock reminds me of. I remember in 2019, 2020, in the NBA season a lot of people were saying, watch out for the Miami Heat. Like people were just saying, watch out for the Miami Heat. And we didn't know why. We knew they were a good team. We just we just didn't know why. And I look at Brock and like, they gave me the same vibes. I think that season, everyone was focused on Toronto because that was like Toronto's year to try and repeat. Everyone was focused on Milwaukee. Everyone was looking at the Clippers. Everyone was looking at the Lakers. Everyone was looking at Boston. But for some reason, no one would look at Miami. And I think you look at this year, in the OUA specifically, everyone's looking at Carlton. Everyone's looking at Ottawa. Everyone's looking at Queens on a national level. Everyone's looking at Victoria. Some people are looking at St. FX. Some people are looking at Alberta, right? People are looking at Manitoba, Winnipeg now, but no one is looking at Brock. They're giving me that vibe of the 2019-2020 Miami Heat team that somehow made a run to the finals and shocked the world and went six games with the Los Angeles Lakers. That's what Brock is giving me vibes of right now. So pay more attention to the Brock Badgers, people. <laughs> pay more attention to Brock because I don't want to I don't want it to come, you know, mid-February, late February, or early March, and people are surprised if this team's in the OUA finals. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. 
I don't want to hear no, oh, how did Brock make it, this, this, and that. They've been top five all season. Okay, so that's what I'm looking at. Brock Badgers is a team that we need to pay more attention to so that we don't get caught off guard when they actually do make some noise because I think there's something coming that not a lot of people are going to be expecting. I'm talking about a national upset. I'm talking about a playoff upset. I'm talking about a run that many people don't see coming. I think it's coming soon. So those are my thoughts on this week's top 10. Man, I think you had a good point there with the Brock Badgers. And I feel like a reason why people aren't talking about them is because they won the OUA and then were a first-round exit at Nats. So you didn't really get to see them perform on a national stage. That was the Friday that they got knocked off. People weren't really tuned in then. It was like the little preliminary. Now, the semifinals, like we saw Alberta versus Carlton, sold-out crowd. People were there. Everyone was watching it. But I think that's the reason why people aren't paying attention to them. I agree with you. They deserve more attention. That's my point of view on them. You're also a Brock fan. Let's just leave that out, though. You're a Brock fan. Let's just leave that out. Okay, here we go. Daniel, we are entering the last week of, like, this is last, This is basically the last week of the U-Sports basketball season, regular season. Yeah, a few teams had their senior night already. Yeah, like, so this is it. Talk me through some things that you're just looking forward to as you kind of close out the regular season for this year. I think Carlton and Ottawa meeting up on the men's side and women's side one more time is good. But now on the men's side, Lakehead plays at Queens this weekend. I think that's going to be a big matchup for Lakehead versus Queens. I like that matchup there. On the women's side now, we have USAS versus you, Fraser Valley. That's a big game on the women's side that, like you said, Fraser Valley, top 10 team, USAS, number one team right now. And then the Canada West women's, any given night, like like across the board, any given night, any team could lose. But in the Canada West, when two top teams play each other, it's like must-watch TV if you have a Canada West subscription, all right? <laughs> but, but I think Victoria men's versus UBC men's is another big game that I'm looking forward to as well. They play on um, Thursday, actually. I think that's a big battle of BC there, UVic versus UBC. Usually those are the, the two powerhouse teams in British Columbia they're facing off as well. Uh, what are you looking forward to? Queens is on my mind. Queens and Lakehead, I think that's a must win for Queens. I think if you see Queens lose that game, they're out of the top 10. Huge game. Brock and Windsor. On the men's side, another huge game. In my opinion, that's a top 10 matchup. Mac and Toronto. Mac is basically done, okay? Toronto, though, they're on a three-game losing streak. Can they kind of get out of that funk and finish the season strong and try to make a run at this? So those are, those are the games I'm looking at. But I'm really paying attention to Queens, though. I think, they're, I think for them, a lot's on the line. I think for them, a lot's on the line. It's a must-win game. I'm getting vibes back to a couple weeks ago when it was Queens versus Carlton after Carlton had lost two straight. And you and I had said, this is a must-win for Carlton. Carlton did their thing. They took care of business, and now they're the number one team in the nation. This is a must-win game for Queens. They have to take care of business, or else they will not be in a good position as we close out this regular season. But those are the games I'm looking forward to. All right, here we go. That was a beautiful episode. If you made it this far, big ups to you. This podcast is available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Deshaun Stevens, Daniel Noel, signing off from another episode 
of the Ball Up podcast. We about to go watch LeBron break the, break the scoring record right now. Peace and blessings always.